Welcome to Black Girl Voices, a podcast created to cultivate change through conversation, community, and education while centering, uplifting, and amplifying the voices of Black women, girls, and femmes. Here we will talk about everything from trending topics to Black history to our own personal experiences as Black women. It's like a coffee chat with your best girlfriends. You will laugh, cry, keep it real, and most importantly, get uncomfortable. We are your hosts, Siobhan Montgomery Haynes and Caroline J. Sumlin. Come on in, girl. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome to Black Girl Voices. I'm Siobhan Montgomery Haynes. And I'm Caroline J. Sumlin. And today we are talking about the crisis in Ukraine. And I know it's everywhere and all over the place. So you may be in a position where you're just like, I've had enough of this. And that makes sense. Totally get it. But um, as us being Black Girl Voices and we talk about many current events we definitely, at first, I don't think we were really going to touch on this, but when other things started to happen in Ukraine, at least for me, right, when other things right. started to happen in yeah. Ukraine, when it, when racism started to kind of come into play, I was like, oh, snap, this is, this is going in a different direction. And I, I definitely think it's something that, that we, we should talk about. Um, but I totally understand, or we totally understand if, you know, the, the heaviness of Ukraine and by the time we're listening to this episode, um, if it gets to the point where it's like, oh goodness, like we've talked about this so much, I, we, we get it. We we for sure right. get it. But um, I mean, as we all know, um, uh, excuse me, President President Vladimir Putin of Russia invaded Ukraine, declared war to try to take over the territory because he believes Ukraine should belong to him. Like really, point blank, period. He believes this is. I was gonna say that's pretty much it, right? He just yeah. he wants it. It's his, or he thinks it's his, and he he should take it. Yes. I mean, he stated a lot of a lot of, quote unquote, justifications for why he thinks that an invasion of Ukraine and a, and a I guess a conquering of Ukraine is is necessary. Um, and I can link some episodes, some podcast episodes that really break it down. I've been listening to the Daily by the New York Times. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know that that's like my favorite podcast to pretty much listen to almost every day. So they've been covering Ukraine really well and um, their explanations of what's the driving force behind President Putin and breaking down his speeches all the way to, you know, when he actually attacked and the Ukrainians response, the fact that Ukrainians have been fighting back, et cetera, et cetera. They have been doing a really good job of um, of outlining everything. So we will link in the show notes for you those episodes if you really are looking for um, a a breakdown of what's going on in Ukraine without feeling like low key dumb afterwards. Like you ever read those articles where you just, right, right. especially when it comes like, to foreign what? policy, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, I'm stupid. I don't know what this meant." Right, right. <laughs> Whenever I listen to which the which is Times, why we like, did not want to come come from that angle because we are not foreign policy experts. So we, right. you know, we yes. just want to make it as plain as possible. Yes. And, you know, talk about some of the racism and things that are that are happening. Of course. And of course, when we first heard about this attack as human beings, our immediate response is that of lament. It's that of grief. It's that of of support. 
because no human being ever, no matter where you live, no matter what you worship, no matter what type of government your country is, you know, has, I guess, or holds or whatever, no human being should ever have to endure an invasion of their home. Yeah. And a complete safety. And exactly. And running for safety for their, for their normal daily lives to be completely uprooted in a matter of 24 hours and for life as they know it to completely diminish and to be replaced by a war zone. No one deserves that. And no country deserves to just be attacked and invaded for no reason. And this includes countries that America, like we're not just talking about when stating that statement, oh, no. this is not just about Russia. We know Ukraine. we're not above anything. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Not above it. So immediately, like it, it, it for uh, like for human beings, especially as black human beings, when we see injustice happening against someone who is of European descent, we do not immediately go, oh, well, they're white. We don't care. Right. We just care no matter who it is. And I think we have that extra ability to care and be empathetic because of what we experience. Like I noticed so many like black people, regardless of politics, we just had the, when, when everything started happening with U- Ukraine, we just had just pure empathy for people just being people versus people who had speaking about politics and talk about this and this policy and that policy. It shouldn't take you agreeing with any kind of politics or whatever just to have care, just to care for people. Right. And I noticed that Black people just have that ability to do so. And I think it's because we're always second-class citizens and everything. We're always fighting for people to care about our lives. Exactly. So of course we know what, how much it means to care about the value of somebody else's life. Yep. And Western society, white supremacy society is care about value of my own life, not care about value of of other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So because we don't operate within that, I shouldn't say everybody because obviously we, we could all very easily succumb to white supremacy culture right, and right. have that individualistic mentality. But for the most part, we have that mentality of just knowing the, the, how, what it's, what it's like to have your life just stolen from you mm-hmm. because just because you exist in a place where somebody doesn't think you should exist. Right. Or having to uproot yourself, your whole family out of terror, fleeing for terror, you know, maybe our generation now might not know what that's like, but I can't even say that. We, I mean, just black people exist in other countries, like look at Haiti. So right. I can't even say our generation doesn't know what that's like, but you know, uh, uh, the two of us speaking right right here on this podcast may not know what that's like, but our ancestors definitely endured those things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that, that response was a no-brainer for us. I honestly, well, two things I will say. One is I didn't know, I didn't even consider how much of an international presence there was in Ukraine. I wasn't really thinking about that or 
hadn't really ever studied the census and the population or whatever they call it over there in Ukraine. I didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't know so was. many students were over there. Right. I definitely didn't know that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think like being over here in the United States, we just, we do kind of live in like a different world. It's kind of easy to just think that in Europe, everyone just stays in their country and that's it. And that's not true yeah. either. You know, it's much easier for African students to go into Europe to study internationally than it may be for them to come to America or to Canada or wherever else or Australia or whatever. But I mean, obviously we know that like international travel is a thing. So people are going every which way and doing everything and doing everything. And there's institutions and universities and, and everything else and, and every other country on this earth. So the, the number one, I wasn't thinking about it, but the number two, when I, when I real when I was brought to my attention, I was just. I know a lot of people were saying that it wasn't surprising for them, but like, gosh, darn it. It was surprising for me. I was like, are, like, I like, was huh? not going to lie. <laughs> I was, I, yeah. my mouth dropped open. Like, what was your response? Cause I, I literally was speechless. Do you mean when you found out how many just like internet, like how many different people internationally were over there? No, I'm sorry. I should say when I found out, I apologize. I wasn't very clear when I found out how African students okay. and other international students were being treated at the borders of trying to flee, trying to get on trains and buses, trying yeah. to flee Ukraine. And I found out what was going on back of the line. Ukrainians only. This isn't for you, et cetera, no et cetera. I was like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. What? Like, no. I-, I was so dumbfounded. I'm right there with you. So I know that like, when when things like this happen a lot of times people are like oh i I, i'm not shocked or surprised anymore i still have room for shock and surprise um i still have surprisingly somehow i still have room for shock and surprise i think for a second i was kind of like you um in the sense where i did not think about how many like black people and black students and stuff was over there so Mm -hmm. at first i was like in ukraine like right uh, right. it's like wait what or right or I'm like is this a different instance like you know like I had to like do a little bit of reading and Mm. then like as I'm reading I'm just like how is it that even in a tragedy like this where I can't even imagine focusing on the color of somebody's skin because I'm just trying to flee for safety you guys are still finding a way to focus on the color of someone's skin you know what I mean even in the biggest tragedy and they say tragedy brings us all together. Right. That's like the thing they say, you know, um, like nine 11 was the day that we became closer as American people, but people don't understand that even in tragedy, black people are, are still, they're still second. They're still separated still other, from whatever other. it is. They're still othered from whatever it is, from whatever, whether it's uh, s- separation from their nationality or uh, uh, religion, whatever it is, we're always separated. There's always two separate, um, two separate columns for us. And so I just, yeah, I, I was very dumbfounded. I was very, surely can't, this can't be the same Ukraine where people are worried about where they're sleeping, where their where their homes are, hiding out in bomb shelters, hiding out in bomb shelters, like surely they don't have literal war zone, and we still have time to say blacks to the back. What? I just and then after the shock wore off, I was devastated. I, I I felt my heart shatter. I'm like, it always has to be us. But I think that always. Unfortunately, 
that is a part of the Black experience. There's never a lack of heartbreak. There's never a lack of shock. There's never a lack of, oh my gosh, this is really happening. There's never a lack of moments that are going to cause us to grieve. Like, and, and because for me, that's what it felt like a little bit. Like I'm grieving for these complete strangers of all that they're, they're, they're terrified. And I'm feeling that, you know, just being empathetic to that, but then also feeling like, damn, it doesn't matter where we are, who we are, what's happening. We're still black. We're always black. And black is still bad to other people. We to know other. that that's not the case. Right. Um, right. Just to clarify that. But um, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And that's just so heartbreaking because if that's happening, I think a lot of times when we talk, we talk from the perspective of, of Americans because we are Americans and we talk about America and the racism in America, but that's, it's literally everywhere. Like we can't catch a break. Right. Like I put in my, my Instagram post said anti-blackness is a global disease. Yeah. It is a global disease. And it's like, I knew that obviously I knew I mean, that. At this point, are like I knew that you know in too? England or or uh, excuse me. I said at this point, are the aliens racist too? Oh, I can. <laughs> um, but you know, of course, I knew that in the United Kingdom, and uh, I I know that racism is pretty prevalent in Australia. I know I've heard it's pretty bad yeah. down there. I mean, I know that white supremacy is global. I've had I've had followers reach out to me and say like I live in Africa, like I'm a black person living in Africa, and white supremacy is prevalent here too. We know that. We know of apartheid in South Africa. We know colonization. We know all those things. So uh, even in our own homelands where we think that it still would be like better. Right. It's still, it would be better to a certain degree, but it's still white supremacy would, we would not be able to escape it. White supremacy and anti-blackness literally touches every single corner of this planet. And it sucks. And I'm angry about it. Because we didn't do anything to deserve this, but we will never be able to escape it. And I honestly sometimes feel like giving up on all of this work that we're doing to try mm-hmm. to eradicate it. Because what is the actual point? We're never going to win. That's 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 how that made. Excuse me. If that's how that like made me feel. All we're doing is just a small drop in the ocean. And I know that people will be like, "Well, you know, the small drops they equal up to an ocean," but like, does it? Does it really, uh, and like, okay, like, obviously that's like a rhetorical question, but like, does it really, when you're looking at it and you're looking at like situations like this and, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It's very discouraging. It's very much like, what can I possibly do? It's very much like I was reading something on like Twitter and um, like some news stories and um, of this, the same situation and, and then just like their journey to find places to stay now and like safety and things like that. And it's just like, I just, I just, I truly can't imagine. I really can't like, even, even in my blackness, I understand that I still have a certain level of privilege. Mm-hmm. And so now I just think about that extra layer of trauma now on top of them being black, mm-hmm. them not even being able to, to be afforded uh, a shelter them not even being worthy enough to be safe mm-hmm. you know and it's just like does the world just I mean honestly it, it, it seems like the world would rather just line us all up and just get rid of us all yeah that's, like, they've it, been trying it genuinely to do. feels like that that's exactly what they would love to do 
Yeah. And then when you see it in other countries, I think it just makes it feel even more real. Like we know America's racist, right? Like we know that. And I think we know that other countries are racist, but like when you see it, Mm -hmm. when you see it like this in like real time in situations as serious as this, like this isn't like, you know, someone being discriminated against and followed around in the store. Like this is like a whole freaking war that Mm -hmm. people can't find safety from. And when you see it like that, it makes it feel hopeless because it's like, yeah. okay, this isn't just America. This is It really slaps you in the face. Yeah. It really it slaps you in the face for sure. Um, there is some good news. And I just came across this TikTok um, from someone who is African, who is in Ukraine, kind of like reporting things on TikTok. And oh, wow. she said that Africans have made it safely to Romania and that Romania has been very welcoming to them, oh. given them food. They haven't had to spend a dollar since getting in Romania um, on any sort of like food or anything like that. And they are trying to get flights out of Romania to get back to Ghana or wherever else they're from. So um, that is some positive news. I know that there was some other tweets that like a lot of people were on the ground, like trying to make sure that all the African students, like there that there were um, measures put in place that would not deny them, you know, the ability to escape. And I know that um, they did do some groundwork to try to improve the situation. It didn't mean that it improved overnight or anything like that, but they are getting to safety. Um, right. Even it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't take away what happened. It's no. just a little bit of, of a silver lining, I guess, or I don't know if that, silver lining is the right yeah. word, but yeah, it, at least, at least we know that they are safe. Um, but it, yeah, it still doesn't, it still does not change, change what no. took place. And that just reminded me really quick, because I feel like we, we I can't not um, say this, but I saw a tweet where a Russian soldier um, surrendered and they were feeding him. The people of Ukraine were feeding him tea and food. And people were like, so this is literally someone who I mean, again, he's still he's still a human. And the Christian in me knows that he's still a human and, he, you know, he's still worthy of life and all of those things. Right. But still. This is literally somebody who was fighting against your country and your people. And he surrendered. But because he has blonde hair and blue eyes, you feel like he is worthy of of life and worthy of helping. But there were Black people in Ukraine that could not even get safety. Right. That was wild to me. Seeing those images of them, like, literally feeding him tea. And then someone was, like, calling his mom so he could talk to his mom like the nerve the yeah i saw that yeah yeah wow i definitely it's that was an interesting i i didn't really have time to process what i was seeing when i saw it um so you you definitely put put that into a good light i was like it's so i was so confused because like one of the headlines i saw was like you know the russians know what they they the russians that have been sent out there know they wrong like right. a lot of them probably don't have no choice you know right. like they no, don't want to be doing know. this they're like, we don't agree don't. with this. We're literally just here because we, to- we, were, we were told, you know? Right. And he was young too, because somebody was like, don't show his face because if he goes back to Russia, they're, they're going to kill him. So like, he was young. I get that. And I'm, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have been afforded any, mm-hmm. you know, hospitality, but why aren't we keeping that same energy? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. To add insult to injury, there's also <sighs> the racism that has been played out in the media coverage of this whole situation which has been like like okay okay we're just we're just shy of saying the n-word at this point or saying (laughs) insert just say it just say what you're really thinking um or or and and also this the the media coverage too 
was very racist and discriminatory against brown people, people that are of Middle Eastern descent, people that are, you know, Islamic or Muslim or what what have you. Um, because they were stating things like, you know, this is this is not some typical third world country like, you know, in Oh yes. Here. I saw this that. This is this is a European, you know, Christian nation. Civilized. Civilized. Nation, yeah. And I, I I have to, you know, choose my words carefully here, but <laughs> so <laughs> let's just let's just cut the noise. And call it you what it is. Call it what it is. You we all know that the driving force of anti-blackness is the fact that white equals civilized and anything else that's not white is not civilized. And the closer you are to black, the less civilized you are. Yep. We already know. But it's just it's the 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 audacity to be so bold with it even in i shouldn't say it like even in this day and age but yes you know what i'm saying like we all know this is what you think but you have to like at least pretend okay yeah. at least pretend like yeah. like at least know that you ain't gonna be caught like at least know that when you are racist on camera you will be called out for your shit like let's be real like we're going to call, i don't, we're going I to don't find think it. They, i don't even i i feel like they feel justified and just comfortable at this point. It, they have to, because there's no yeah. other way. Like I try to because process it in my brain too. Because they are did their white and protected because that's yes. how it works. And the white fragility of other folks is what continues to protect these people. Mm-hmm. But I just it, it has to be. It has to be at this point that they they feel justified in saying what they're saying mm-hmm. because I can't think of any other way. Like how are these people just? bluntly saying what what they're saying um, unless they really believe in it yeah of course basically stating oh these other nations they deserve to be invaded this is right. the normal not the nations they're not with the brown people right not, okay. not the brown and black people nations <sighs> so it's it sucks because like and i i wrote in my post i was like you know still lamenting for still grieving for the people of ukraine still supporting them that none of that changes and I know, like, there have been very hateful people out there that have been, that have in comment sections withdrawn support. That's yeah. not what this is about. No, absolutely You can not. support humanity because as marginalized people and as human beings, for the love of God, marginalized or not, that humanity is humanity. And you can also recognize the nuance there of supporting people just unconditionally while also being conflicted with watching people who look like you not be supported. Right. That is a very watching, or su- feeling. Yeah. And supporting people that are indirectly hurting you because when you're right. racist towards one, like we, that's hurting us too. Like yep. that's, that's not, there's no separation there. Like that's our community. That's our culture. Yep. So we're openly supporting you. And you're openly showing your hatred towards people that look like us, towards us, towards our culture. Even if we're not directly African, we are African descended and black culture is rooted in African culture. So it's that that's it's it's knowing damn good and well that when the tables are turned or if the tables were ever turned, that the national outcry would not be the same. Oh, absolutely. Us. Absolutely. Um, obviously, you know, and that there would be a belief in 
there being a, a deservedness, if that's a word, because black and brown people are uncivilized. So we must deserve any sort of, you know, invasion or war, what have you. Well, let's touch a little bit on, since we're on the subject, I feel like kind of goes hand in hand. Let's touch a little bit of the state of the union. Um, this is state of the union at address. Speech, the, uh, the address <laughs> that we just recently had. I'm just all over the place at this point that we just recently had. And, um, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you you bring us in on that. You kind of give us an overview. Did you not watch kind of the State what? of the Union address? No, no. Are absolutely. you not? You're not a you're not a policy nerd like me. You don't watch these things, mm, girl. No. Okay. Um, well, so- <laughs> okay. Let me take that back. I normally will watch that. Not not all the other stuff. I normally will watch a State of the Union address, but I've had a lot going on, so I have not. That's right. Time to sit You've down and, and really. Yes, I have had a lot going on and moving and all that, so I haven't had time to sit down and like really process that. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let the nerd bring it in. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Okay. So this is a funny story. First of all, so I was like. We put the kids to bed. I put the State of the Union address on my computer, right? Like I tried to, like it was like live streaming on YouTube. So I put it on the computer so it would be ready to go. And I put the kids to bed. Then I went to the bathroom and it was like 9.04, something like that. I Whatever. When it was, and I was like still in the bathroom and my husband comes like running into our room and he's like, what's going on with your computer? (laughs) Because the computer was like, had gone to sleep, but you could still hear it. Okay. And so it was loud and it was like, the, there's applause and everything, but apparently right. like it had started with like a gavel. It had started, like, I didn't hear this because my computer's downstairs and he was downstairs taking out the trash. He and so he hears this he gavel. Do, 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 do. He's like, oh, not ready to throw your computer out the, out the window. Well, he was like looking at the, the security cameras. He thought someone was knocking on the door. Like oh he really was concerned. So it, it, it's funny, but it's not like he was legitimately yeah. like shaken and he finally realizes it's going on on my computer. He doesn't remember the password to get in my computer. And um, he so he brings my computer upstairs. And all he's hearing is like, you know, this commotion. And right. I'm just sitting on the toilet <laughs> just to, just to share everyone's everyone's my, my business. And and he comes You're in like, and he's like, what are you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, stay the union. like like he would know that like i literally looked at him like he was crazy like don't you know it's the state of the union like (laughs) right like duh (laughs) doesn't your computer (laughs) break out in a round of applause and gavel gavel at nine (laughs) nine o'clock on on wednesday or tuesday night or whatever so yeah that was that was the start of my watching the state of the union (laughs) but anywho i mean um i don't the main thing like I'm I'm definitely like in a position in my life where I'm really trying to figure out like where I stand with my own politics. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's it's like and I I I I'm really good at seeing all sides and all perspectives. Yeah. And sure. what I what I kind of spoke spoke about today as we're recording this on Instagram was there, I noticed that on Twitter, because I always get on Twitter for stuff like this. Join in the conversation, tweet things. Literally the best breakdowns, though. I'm not going to lie. The best breakdowns of things on what? Twitter. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So I, and a lot of people, a lot of the Black activists are talking about, like, you know, there's no mentions of systemic racism. There's no mentions of, of 
you know, anything like anti-racist legislation or voting rights, which, you know, that was such a big thing that we were supposed to be fighting for just like a a month or so ago. And the fact that it was not even mentioned, or if it was mentioned, it was very brief in the address um, was, was frustrating. And then of course we get to the part about police where he says to fund the police, not I did read a lot about that. Yes. Let me back up and say like, there there were a lot of things about the address that I, that I liked. I understand that as the president of the United States, and I think that a lot of people, a lot of the, a lot of people really critique this in that I critique it too, but I understand it. We have to understand that as a president of the United States, no matter, no matter if you're trying to hold on to power or you're trying to pass legislation and, and, I think um, former President Barack Obama does a good job of explaining this. You have to appeal to both sides. Like mm-hmm. the entire job of the party that's not yours it, when you're in office is to pretty much take you down. <laughs> like, let's be real. Yeah. It, at least in this day, anything. I would say, you know, in historically speaking, I think the parties were a lot more aligned on things and it was easier to have bipartisan support and bipartisan legislation because everything was still kind of like, in the direction like like every person you know the, the everything was white everything there was there were no people of color or very few people of color if you know um serving in political leadership positions and the constituents of you know the the, the vote the voting population um was also pretty much primarily driven in one main direction you know if you're white you're driven in the direction of preserving whiteness and if you're black you're or a person of color and, and the and the population sizes were different and the percentages were different. So I think now as we are a lot more, there's a lot more of that whole, you know, United States mixing bowl situation. And there's a lot more people of color and more progressive people in office and things of that nature and things have become so divided. I would say within the last, you know, several presidents, the goal of the other party is like, okay, let's take it down. But especially since Barack Obama, especially since we had our first black president and oh, yeah. that, I think he got it, but you know, he, he got it so badly where anything he tried to do, we know that the Republican party, just because he was black and they didn't like him, tried to really attack him. And so which he is had why, to, which is why I really despise when they say he didn't do a lot or he didn't pass a lot or he didn't like, look at how many, times he was blocked every single time he brought something up yeah it was blocked it was blocked it was, there was no cooperation yeah and you need cooperation i think people think that the president just like signs a paper and then that's the end all be all right and the, and the thing is it's become about the game it's become about mm-hmm. the cat and mouse game it's not about like when we have a, a democratic president people that are angry that we have a democratic president vote for a republican congress in order yeah. to have a backlash because that president is going to be there. So they try to stop what they what that president may do if, yeah. if, and when we have another Republican, you know, cause right now I, I believe the Democrats have control. And so the midterm elections, what, why? Because, you know, Donald Trump was voted into office. And so the backlash in those midterm elections was to vote more Democrats into Congress. Mm-hmm. It's constantly like that. And it's constantly this game of cat and mouse and who's going to block who. And Versus it's all just a trash system to begin with. So let's just, let's just make one thing clear. Like it's all trash. The whole system is trash. So that being said, I, 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 I approach listening to these things with that 
frame of mind. And I expect expected Joe Biden to do what he did. And that was to appeal to both sides of the aisle to find a way to make his policies as appealing as they could be to Republicans that maybe there could be some Republican support. And there are several good policies that, that, that Joe Biden has on the table. He's talking when he talks about things like, you know, more funding for healthcare, or he talks about cutting the cost of childcare. When he talks about um, cutting taxes for the middle class or whatever. I mean, of course, there's a lot of conservatives that don't agree with these policies, but there's a lot of moderate and progressive people that agree with these policies, regardless of where you stand on anti-racism. Like if you are a parent, even if you are a white woman, I'm sure you'd still like the cost of childcare to be cut down. Like Absolutely. simple yeah. things like that are, you know, pretty neutral territory, right? But because there's been such a backlash when it comes, when within these last two years with anti-racism and defunding the police and quote unquote critical race theory, all these things that we have tried to do as Black Lives Matter has tried to increase the activism and, and capitalize on what happened in summer 2020 to really finally start to make some legislative change. We've seen one of the greatest racist backlashes in history, if you ask me, not the greatest, but one of the greatest backlashes from our quote unquote progress or you know, raising awareness of racism or whatever. And so as a result, these Democrats in power, especially still being older white people and still having a, an agenda of maintaining power are going to be like, all right, we can't do that because all that's going to do is ruin our political career. We can't yeah. say things like defund the police. We can't, otherwise we'll just get attacked. Right. And so obviously, obviously, because maintaining your political position of power and trying to get Republicans to side with you on some things and wanting to like be the neutral president you promised to be or what have you, you are going to cut out the things that have the potential to be divisive, even though they shouldn't be, but they, we know that they are. And you're going to just try to make appease to everybody in the center and hope for the best. And as a result, again, what do we see? Black lives and anti-racism and everything else that has to do with, with equity and equal rights and civil rights takes a back seat. And we've seen this yeah. time and time again. We saw this with even with emancipation, like emancipation was delayed because of political agendas. You know, Jim Crow wasn't passed or civil rights acts weren't passed when we started fighting for them because of political agendas, like political oh, yeah. agendas are always going to take the front seat to anything that fights for civil rights. So it's just like, I wasn't surprised by that. I wasn't expecting that, but it still like stings. It still sucks when we know that things like defunding the police, for example, are a step in the right direction towards, you know, changing the systemic racist police system systemically right. racist police system and we hear things like fund the police more like you don't right. even have and to I, talk about think, that you could have just talked right. about funding teachers or something like that's what on. i was gonna say like i i don't think i expected or ever expected joe biden to say defund the police i just realistically don't and like you said it doesn't appeal to people but the more funding thing yeah that's yeah, I, I I don't see how that appeals to both sides. You know what I mean? It obviously appeals to they, they the did appeal to both sides because that got a standing ovation from Republican lawmakers, and that was the point. 
It got no. a standing ovation from That's Republican lawmakers. They I want see, more funding for police. I see how that appeals to them. I'm saying I okay. don't see how that appeals to, the, to, you know what I mean, to the other side. I definitely know that appeals to Republicans. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't feel like that's neutral at all. And I, like you said, he could have said anything else, mm-hmm. anything right. else, but that was funding for teachers things. or it. And it's like right. the fact Which that we we're not even talking about police suffering. reform, like, Oh, they need more resources and more training. No, like right. I would even, even though I, I don't like, I don't think training is the way, but he could have said it. Pardon? I said, yeah, I, cause I don't necessarily think training or, or reform will help at this point. They need to be dismantled. But if he wanted to appeal to both parties, that's what I he think said. He, he said more funding for more training for more training and more okay. resources. Uh, and I'm like, uh, no, like no, mm, they're heavily funded right now. Actually, and they're not like, using yes, them on any resources. They need training. more training. <laughs> sure. But like you said, I, I know the system Honestly, I don't think, if I'm being honest, I don't think the policing system in America will ever be fully dismantled. Or I don't, I don't oh. think, I do not think that the systemic racist systems, just a lot of systems, you know, in America will ever be fully dismantled unless we're talking like a hundred years from now when the entire population has been taken over by a bunch of AOCs. Like it's the second largest military in the world it's not absolutely it's it's not get it's not going anywhere do i think it'll be even reformed in this lifetime no absolutely not not. the only thing that they would ever be able to quote unquote justify or appeal and pass would be more training and resources and funding because everyone cares about safety and nobody cares about mental health nobody cares about actually you know doing something about true addiction and things of that nature. Right. No one, like no one cares about any of that. No one cares truly about our healthcare system. Like all of these systems, unfortunately are going to continue to operate the way that they've been operating. Sure. Healthcare costs can be cut here and there. Sure. Childcare costs may be cut here and there. Sure. There may be a little bit more funding here and there for education or whatever, but are any of these broken systems actually going to be, uprooted and replanted no and so we will continue we will perpetually be in this this cycle of brokenness and i i I don't see any of this happening while 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 these these generations of americans are the you know i feel like it would take like our children and their children I would even say their being, children, because, their children being in positions of power before things like this actually happen. Right. Because it can't just be like, I know everyone's like, it's if we just vote the right. No, it can't just be changed. It does have to be scrapped and yeah. started again, completely dismantled. And like you said, they're not dismantling anything in the next in our lifetime. In our lifetimes. Our kids. Our kids. So. Our kids' lifetimes. Yeah. I maybe, maybe our kids like grandkids. Maybe. Because we have to remember that Republican, you know, and I just not just Republican, but just anyone that is racist. You can be liberal racist, conservative yeah. racist, whatever. If you are a proponent of the systems that you benefit from in any way, shape, or form, then you hold racist beliefs and you contribute to the system of racism. So if that fits your def your description. 
and you're raising children with those same beliefs, it's probably going to take a generation or two for some of those beliefs to to change. Do I think it's possible? Yes. Because I mean, we talk online all the time. Many of you listening are children of racist race, fully overtly racist parents. And y'all see y'all, y'all, y'all didn't fall for the, y'all are doing the work. So y'all doing the work. So it eventually one day, but I, I, you know, if if our earth survives climate change and we make it to the year 2100 if we get splattered by a meteor there's that part but listen i'm not a climate change expert but i, I really i really do be wondering what we going no, what's te- going to happen the temperatures are, are been a little cray cray out here so yeah you're right not a t- not a climate change expert either but even I can but tell. But it's real it's and hotter I'm than legitimately it needs to be. Legitimately concerned for our children's grandchildren. Like I'm literally concerned for the, the 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 state of their planet by the time, and we will not be here, and we would have fucked it up for them. But yeah. I'm no longer apologizing for my language, guys. I'm just I'm just here. <laughs> I think we've gone out the window at this point. You guys just know just to listen with caution. Sorry, not sorry. Actually, no. Yeah. But yeah, so that that's I mean that's that's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, like I said, there there was there was definitely I I do think that was one of President Biden's better moments. So I will say overall, yeah, because if we do want anything, like pre- the the fact that I mean the only real things that President Biden's been able to do since he's been in office was of course the rescue plan, and then he recently passed the infrastructure bill bipartisan. They at least agreed to fixing the roads and bridges but we know that the build back better plan has been like just, just you know through the ringer like roads so, and bridges like i don't see that being much of a you know what i mean like i feel like out of everything that's kind of like the easier thing to to pass oh for sure it's the easier thing but i i think it's a step because is i from what he said in the legislation it's also to the, the way that it's supposed to be done should be more of an, a, a more energy efficient way and things. And okay. I mean, our roads and bridges help are with like climate change. falling apart. Like it's, it's, right. we have bridges collapsing. We have potholes everywhere. Like it shit is old, you know? It, and also like, if we want to have a future where most people are driving electric cars, y'all need to start doing something about getting more like electric car stations. Like obviously right. they're starting to pop up, but there needs to be like, it, it is time to and they're in the most random stuff. places like i found there's like a station when i was in michigan at our library that's the only place i saw one in our whole town yeah like they're definitely <laughs> just like who's going to library more, you'll see a lot more of them in like more major metropolitan areas but like right. that that can't be the only place that we see those types types of things right. and and yes obviously like you know when you're investing in roads and bridges and railways and things of that nature you know you're also creating jobs because people have to do yeah. that work so it, it is something sure. but it's it not the only thing and right you know the 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 legislation that president biden is, was trying to pass or is trying to pass would be the largest social you know the social safety net um uh legislation since sorry it's losing me 60s um since um since uh the great society lyndon b johnson thank you sorry it slipped my mind um 
So yeah, since the great society by Lyndon B. Johnson. So if, if he doesn't have an opportunity, if that doesn't happen, if, if, if what he's trying to do, if none of it happens, which the most of it that we wanted, we know it's like already scrapped, but if none of it happens and there literally will be no, no other time in history within the next, like I would say 50 plus years to pass such legislation, right? you know? Or and and voting rights as well. So it's like it is really important. So I can understand why he's trying to do, and he sees that like if he continues to to side with progressives, yeah, he's gonna fuck everything else up. And and that it unfortunately, when you're in politics, you have to play the game of what's going to give you the 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 highest benefit. So I I, I can understand it, but it still it's sucks just because the America that always wins is always white America. Like we yeah. will, we will never, or at least never in these lifetimes have yeah, because they our trickle down effect. They're like, yeah. if we fix this, then, you know, it'll trickle point, down it'll to the black and it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> it hasn't for years. It's still, it, it doesn't. Not, so. not enough, at least like not maybe enough. here and there. Like I know with, I was researching not enough about like change. the great, right. Not it's especially, yeah, of course, right. like with the great society, like, yes, it expanded that expanded the black middle class, like from like 10% to like 30 or 40%, I think. And it cut down on black poverty, but like also Lyndon B. Johnson was still a racist and also right there was a lot of backlash as well. Like when that happened, like a lot of white people were mad that, that it helped. Class. Pardon? So, Cause they didn't want black people to be middle-class. They didn't. Yeah, of course. Like, so there's always going to be a backlash. There's always going to be these steps backwards. And there's always going to be like, it's still like these like band-aids, you know what I'm saying? Or kind of like when you have a cold and you take NyQuil, but like the virus itself is still in your body, but you just still make there. it feel better. Like, I right. feel like that's like, that's what we're kind of doing, but we still will never get rid of the actual systemic racism without right. uprooting it. And th- we're not willing to do that, but I, it's also kind of like that mindset of like, well, shit, we got to take what we can get. And I hate having that mindset, but I feel like that's been the mindset of black folks this whole time. Like at least, we got, this, at least we got that. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of being grateful. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the whole, just be great. No, I don't want to be grateful anymore. I want right. to, like, rightfully proclaim what is ours. Yeah. But, I mean. I and that's why that. we won't stop you know? fighting for it. Like, we know right. the work that we're doing in this generation will eventually have an impact. An impact. An impact. Let me put the right yeah. emphasis on the right syllable. Um, <laughs> you know, five generations from now. But it sucks that we won't be able to witness it. it keep remembering our ancestors that's what I do yeah. like I get so frustrated but I'm like my ancestors saw none of this my ancestors yeah. saw none of this my yes. ancestors saw none of this and one day I'm gonna be somebody's ancestor Ooh. and I just won't see <laughs> oh I just Isn't that crazy to think of right? I'm not sure I'm ready for that conversation and on oh. that note let's close the podcast because <laughs> I need to go have a, I need to go do some skincare or something I need to go like put some <laughs> retinol on looking, before you be looking like an ancestor right <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you join our Patreon. It is literally $5 uh, just to get started. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Black Girl Voices podcast. 
If you loved today's episode, we would love it for you to leave us a five-star review. If you would like to support our work, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash blackgirlvoices or head to our show notes for the link. Lastly, we would love to hear from you. Come follow us on Instagram at blackgirlvoices and say hello. Remember, you are heard, you are seen, and you are loved. Your voice matters. You matter. See you next time.